Welcome back to the Series 7 podcast. Today we are going to share a quiz with you that corresponds with an audio lesson from the full series of audio lessons for the Series 7 Top-Off Study Guide audio lessons for the new Series 7 exam. The full series of audio lessons that correspond to these quizzes is available at series7podcast.com. That's series with the number 7podcast.com. This quiz consists of questions which are answered in Lesson 45 of the Series 7 Top-Off Study Guide, Audio Lessons for the new Series 7 exam. This is a quiz for Mutual Funds Part 3. Question 1. Which of the following is true about hedge funds? And select all that apply. A. They are not allowed to cut off withdrawals by their investors. B. They are open to any kind of investor. C. They charge a management fee. And D. They have a cap on the amount that is available to be withdrawn at any given time. And the answers are C. They charge a management fee. And D. They have a cap on the amount which is available to be withdrawn at any given time. Question 2. What is the minimum capital for a hedge fund? A. $100,000 B. $200,000 C. $500,000 or D. $1,000,000 And the answer is A. $100,000 Question 3. Which of the following is qualified as an accredited investor according to the Securities Act of 1933? and select all that apply. A, a bank. B, a charitable organization with total assets of $5 million or more. C, a trust with total assets of $10 million or more. Or D, an employee benefit plan that has total assets of $3 million or more. And the answers are A, a bank, and C, a trust with total assets of $10 million or more. Question 4. A business is qualified to be an accredited investor if all its equity owners are accredited investors. A. True. B. False. And the answer is A. True. Question 5. A natural person can be an accredited investor if that person blank and select all that apply has an income exceeding $200,000 in each of the two most recent years and a reasonable expectation of the same income level in the current year, B, has individual net worth that exceeds $1 million, including the value of the primary resident of such person, C, has a joint income with a spouse exceeding $200,000, in each of the two most recent years and a reasonable expectation of the same income in the current year, or D, has a joint net worth with the person's spouse that exceeds $1 million, excluding the value of the primary residence of such person. And the answers are A, has an income exceeding $200,000 in each of the two most recent years, and a reasonable expectation for the same income level in the current year, 
MD has a joint net worth with the person's spouse that exceeds $1 million, excluding the value of the primary residence of the person. Question 6. The performance of a hedge fund is always better than the market. A. True. B. False. And the answer is B. False. Question 7. Which of the following strategies does a hedge fund employ? And select all that apply. A. A global macro hedge fund strategy. B. Relative value arbitrage. C. High frequency trading. Or D. Currency strategies. And the answers are all of those. A. A global macro hedge fund strategy. B. A relative value arbitrage. C. High frequency trading. And D. Currency strategies. Question 8. A mutual fund's annual and semi-annual report has an income statement similar to a regular corporate income statement. A. True. B. False. And the answer is B. False. Question 9. Which of the following can be found in a mutual fund's income statement? And select all that apply. A. Dividends. B. Capital gains. C. Expenses. And D. Net income. And the answers are all of those. Dividends, capital gains, expenses, and net income. Question 10. Which of the following is true about expense ratios? Select all that apply. A. It applies to closed-end funds, but not to open-end funds. B. It gives an overall look at how much it costs to pay the management to buy the stocks instead of buying it yourself and paying without any management fee. C. It is the total net assets divided by the total expenses. And D. It shows the efficiency of the fund. Select all that apply. And the answers are B, it gives an overall look at how much it costs to pay the management fee to buy the stocks instead of buying it for yourself without paying any management fee. And D, it shows the efficiency of the fund. Question 11, if you're buying a fund at a very big discount but has a high expense ratio, the discount you're buying those stocks at may disappear. A true, B false. And the answer is A, true. Question 12. An investment company should distribute at least blank percent of its income in order to be regulated under the Investment Company Act of 1940. Choices are A, 80%, B, 85%, C, 90%, or D, 95%. And the answer is C, 90%. Question 13. If an investment company is not regulated under the Investment Company Act of 1940, blank. A. It becomes taxed as a regular corporation. B. It has to pay an additional tax equivalent to 2% of the total capital gains. C. It will require double management fees. Or D. Its net pass is not taxed. And the answer is A. It becomes taxed as a regular corporation. Question 14. Investment companies can pass through capital gains. A. Monthly. B. Quarterly. C. Semi-annually. 
or D at the end of the year? And the answer is D at the end of the year. Question 15. An investor buying a mutual fund at the end of the year will not be paying taxes if he has not made any money in the fund. A true, B false. And the answer is B false. If you buy a mutual fund right before the distribution of dividends, you will be taxed on those dividends. Question 16. It is a type of mutual fund having a portfolio that is constructed to mimic the market index. A, a closed-end fund. B, an exchange-traded fund. C, an index fund. Or D, an open-end fund. And the answer is C, an index fund. Question 17. These funds are traded as regular stocks on the stock exchange but move throughout the day. A, closed-end funds. B, exchange-traded funds. C, index funds. Or D, open-end funds. And the answer is B, exchange-traded funds. Question 18. As an investor in a fund or in a management company, you have the right to blank and select all that apply. A, receive annual and semi-annual reports. B, vote annually on the investment advisor's contract. C, vote every year on the board of directors. And D, vote on any changes in the investment objectives. And the answers are all of those. Receive annual and semi-annual reports. Vote annually on the investment advisor's contract. Also, vote every year on the board of directors. And vote on any changes in the investment objectives. And you may see these from time to time from investment companies. Question 19. An investment company blank of the directors must be non-interested. What percentage of the directors must be non-interested? A, 75%, B, 80%, C, 85%, or D, 90%? And the answer is A, 75%. Final question, question 20. In a dollar cost averaging, when the price of the stock goes up, blank. A, you're buying fewer shares on any given month. B, you're buying more shares on any given month. C, you're buying the same number of shares on any given month. Or D, you cannot buy any shares until the price of the stock returns to the market price. And the answer is A, you're buying fewer shares on any given month because you have the same amount of dollars going in For the dollar cost averaging, if the price of the stock goes up, you're buying fewer shares. If the price of the stock goes down, you are buying more shares. That's the end of this quiz. Thank you for listening. I hope you did well. If you need to review this topic, please re-listen to the lesson from the full series of audio lessons, which is available at series7podcast.com. And that series with the number 7podcast.com. All quizzes and content are copyrighted by Franz Amason. All rights are reserved. No duplication may take place without the express written permission 
of Franz Amason. Best of luck in your studies.